step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season four of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me and myself in the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Wealthy Las Vegas for Tuskia Suits with myself, Greg H. Peters. And now part of the Beast of Family podcast, we've got a great podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping this one to two parts. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Tobias Bass. He does incredible work over at The Athletic, taking a look at some of the stars of tomorrow on the recruiting front. On top of that, I know that he's been doing an amazing job taking a look at the transfer portal, taking a look at things from a little bit more of a Big 12 perspective. We're going to dive into some of the schools that maybe are a little bit more under the radar in terms of the moves made in the Big 12. We talked about some of those teams yesterday, but we're going to hit on a little bit more Texas Tech, Oklahoma, this go around. So we're going to be talking about those teams and we're going to be talking about some of the schools that have put together a really nice haul of transfers this offseason. So we're going to be talking about that in segment number two. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in, by the way. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNRSquarty1. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. In terms of the news and notes of college basketball, we are going to be hitting those in segment number one as we've been seeing quite a bit happening in college basketball. And if you do have those questions, I will be putting them just right here in the first segment. And whether it comes to mind tomorrow or if it comes to mind a few months from now, we've got a lot of off-season to take a look at. So have no fear. So if it pops up at any time, do not hesitate to ask. But that said, let's take a look at what we all got in college basketball on Tuesdays. We did see Parker Braun decide that he is going to be transferring to Kansas. He began his career at Missouri, spent a little bit of time at Santa Clara, and I do think that this is a relatively solid gift for them, but this is nothing more than, in my opinion, a depth piece. He's a six foot eight, little bit of a combo player that was a starter at Santa Clara last two seasons. Not necessarily a super impact guy, but really a Swiss Army Knife guy that's able to give you quite a bit. As in Santa Clara over the last two seasons, was able to pop threes, but only shot it at about 20.5% from distance. Was able to haul in 5.5 rebounds, a block, 7.5 points per contest. So just a guy that, for lack of a better term, he's able to give you a little bit of this and that. This one should come as no shock as well. Connor Odom, the son of Ryan Odom, has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. He is going to be most likely joining his father as he played four games this last season. He is a walk-on that has scored throughout his career, 0.3 points per contest. Not really one that you need to take 
into account too much, but it's it. He is in the transfer portal now, as is Seth Towns. This came down very late Monday, but Seth Downs, who I believe actually has two years of eligibility left, at the age of 25, he's lucky to get back out there. Last time he played in an NCAA tournament game, Ohio State lost to Oral Roberts. And that's not even a joke. Last time we saw him out there on the floor, that was with the Ohio State University that year. He averaged four points per contest in a year that he was dealing with a lot of injuries. And when this guy was at Harvard, he was awesome. He was the player of the year in the Ivy League. That was all the way back during the 2017-2018 season, though. And I think that he would become the first ever college basketball player to ever play college basketball in three different presidential administrations. I mean... Is very strange, and I mean, I think that if there's a mid-major out there that is looking to put someone on their roster, I think that they would be more than willing to. He's obviously a smart kid as he began his career at Harvard, but very, very interesting, to say the least, on that front. Matty Traore, he was at New Mexico State. He has decided that he is going to Maryland now. I don't have necessarily super high expectations for him as I mean, everything that happened with that program last season was just a big, giant, hot mess. And he saw about seven games of action, was averaging a point and a half per contest. I have to think that this is a walk-on situation as he's six foot eleven, so he's able to give a little bit of size. But I think that that was just sort of a fill-the-roster-out sort of move. I think that this could be actually a move of a little bit of impact. Max Allen really didn't see a ton of minutes this last year at San Jose State. Was able to average about two rebounds per contest. Does stand six foot nine. He has decided that he is going to be going to Marist. And I do think that this is big for a Marist team that they really have built themselves up down low the last few seasons as Max Allen came in with a little bit of expectation. He was a number 18 prospect in the state of Nevada according to 247 Sports for the recruiting year of 2022. So I do think that he's going to be able to provide a little bit of an impact down low. So we shall see what is going to be happening on that front. But as we talked about with Guy Filatico, who does a great job with the Iona Hoops podcast over the weekend, it is a conference that been a little bit rough for them recently, just not bringing in a lot of transfers in general, so we shall see what happens there. Detroit is going to be rolling the dice on Jay Allen Tovar, someone that was a starter for New Mexico two seasons ago. During the 2021-22 season, put up 7.9 points, a block and a half, five rebounds per contest, while shooting 33% for three, six foot nine, little bit of combo player. Saw really no minutes in the first few games of the season for New Mexico this past year, and he decided to transfer, and he's going to be entering Detroit. As we know, with Detroit, it is going to be a big, giant passing of the torch with Antoine Davis now being out of the fold. So they're looking to turn over a new leaf. No longer are they going to be able to just bank on one guy being able to give them like 25-plus points a contest. So I do think that there should be some useful minutes. And hopefully it does improve the defense of Detroit a little bit. I recognize that the Ryzen Lake, not necessarily a haven of great defensive play. But I do think that with Detroit, they're looking to go in a little bit of a different direction. They have seen the writing on the wall that, you know what, if we don't decide to change our style up a little bit, it's going to be a very bad year for us as Jalen Tovar is coming in. They've also decided to bring in Jaden Coleman, who spent a little bit of time at Tulane, along with Oten Yanovich. He's a six foot ten, little bit of a big man. LC Chuku is a former top 150 recruit of Alabama and Rhode Island. He's going to be coming in as well. So I've noticed that Detroit is going to be looking to go a little bit bigger. Bryant, they are always in on the transfer portal. I have been on a little bit less this offseason. The 
hauls that they've been able to get the last few years. They're just down this year, but they've decided that they're going to be bringing in Daniel Rivera. Daniel Rivera was at St. Louis this past season, but just was unable to get out there on the floor. And this is more of an upside get when it comes to Bryant, as they're going to be looking to be able to strike a little bit of gold, as he was a decently recruited junior college guy a few seasons ago at six foot six, as good athleticism, has not necessarily been able to put it together out there on the court yet, but he is someone that fills out the roster for them for one, and I do think that for Bryant, a team that plays at one of the more up-tempo styles in all of college basketball, would not be surprised if they're going to be looking to their branch a little bit more this season as he joins also Rafael Pinson, who is coming in from St. Johnson. They bring in Tuman Suleiman. He was playing over at Indiana of Pennsylvania. Not the Indiana Hoosiers, Indiana of Pennsylvania at the D2 level. We saw Nick Crass, who was playing this last season, over at Oregon State, he has decided that he is going to be adding to Southern Miss. For Crass, well, it was Crass in the amount of minutes that he played. He was able to give the team 1.7 points per contest, was only able to see about 9 minutes per game, shot 28% from three-point range this last season, but he was someone that had a little bit of fanfare around him, and we have seen Southern Miss be able to do a really good job of bringing in some power conference guys that they just weren't necessarily highly touted. He's someone from the state of Mississippi, so I do think that this is going to be a good fit for them. And then we saw Kamani Hamilton decide that he is going to be heading on over to High Point. He's hoping to not be a low point, by the way, after he was at Mississippi State this last season, and it was a little bit of a low point for him because he didn't necessarily see a lot of minutes. 2.6 points per contest, only saw action in 12 games. Shot about 31% from three as a 6'7", a little bit of a combo player, and that was above average for the Sanders of Mississippi State last season, a team that they just could not knock down threes. On high point, they've really become one of the better powers out there in the Big South. We've seen them do this quite a bit with guys that they had... Some power conference offers. They were able to see a little bit of a taste of action at a power six school, but just really couldn't cut it as this guy was just a fringe top 100 prospect. I think that 24-7 Sports actually rated him as the number one recruit in the state of Mississippi a few seasons ago. So I do think that that is going to be good for high point, and we're going to be seeing the landscape of college basketball change before our eyes. We're in right now a little bit of a holding pattern as we're going to be seeing many, many more guys decide where they are going to be going once these NBA draft decisions are finalized. As right now, there's a lot of teams that are going to be in a holding pattern, holding on to a scholarship or two until they know if their big bomber player is going to be going into the NBA draft and staying in there or if they're going to be coming back to school. And that's something that we're going to be touching upon with Tobias Bass as well. There's quite a few schools in the Big 12 that they've got relatively big NBA draft decisions and we're going to be talking about some of the schools that are going to be impacted most by this. We're going to be taking a look at some of the under-the-radar moves that have happened in the Big 12 and so much more with Tobias on the flip side right here on Cusco Soups with myself, Greg Eubes Peterson, now a part of the VC Family Podcast. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. 
Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Ibs Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Tobias Bass. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the Athletic, taking a look at the great game of college basketball. Does a nice job tracking out all things that we're seeing in the transfer portal. Does a great job of taking a look at the stars of tomorrow as well, as I know that he does a great job on the recruiting front as well. And a man that graduated from Texas Tech. I know he does an absolutely incredible job of taking a look at the Big 12, and you're able to follow him on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. So his first name, an underscore, and his last name, and Tobias, it's great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks, man, for having me on. Thank you for joining me, and Tobias, I just mentioned it, you do a great job of following all things in the Big 12. Just what has been your impression of 
how the conference as a whole has performed here in the offseason because I just take a look at the moves that darn near all these schools have made all the way on up to Kansas being able to land Hunter Dickinson down to Central Florida over the last week or so, adding the likes of Shamari Allen and company. And I've been thoroughly impressed by what darn near all these schools have done. And I think that, once again, the Big 12 has set themselves up to be the top conference in all of college basketball. You know, I think that the rich gets richer. And, you know, people have to you know also remember that, you know, U of H, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU also come into the conference. So this was a conference last year that was the best. And you add in a school like Houston – that's going to be really good again. So I think this conference continues to get better, and I'm very impressed with some of the moves they made. And one team I want to highlight out specifically is TCU. I mean, they bring in Avery Anderson, Trey Tennyson from Texas A&M, of course, Crystal, Isam Mustafa, and Jameer Nelson Jr. If they get a center that can rim protect and rebound, I think they can be a top 12, top 15 team in the country. I do think that TCU has a lot of upside, and you mentioned it with TCU, bringing in Trey Tennyson, I thought, was one of the biggest pieces as well, because the one thing that has eluded them the last two seasons has been really outside shooting. Bringing in a guy that at Corpus Christi was shooting 40-plus percent from three-point range, I think is big, and I think Cincinnati has went a little bit under the radar as well, because right. we talk about these big bomber teams, and I know doubt about it, Kansas bringing in Hunter Dickinson, that's absolutely massive. What Houston has done, that is tremendous. West Virginia, they've had one of the best classes as well. But bringing in Simeus Lucatius, a six foot six guy that does a little bit of everything for Butler. C.J. Frederick, run fully healthy at Iowa, was one of the best three-point shooters in all of college basketball. Jamile Reynolds is a rock-solid big man down low. I really like what Cincinnati has done, and they had quite a few pieces last year that were very formidable as well. Yeah, but I agree. They're going to bring some of those guys back, like Daniel Skillings, Josh Reed. They're going to bring some of those guys back. And they also have a good recruiting class coming in, Raymond Griffith and Jizzle James. So they're going to be another team that I think will catch a couple of people off guard. No doubt about it. I think that there's a lot of upside there. And I just am a believer in Wes Miller in general as a coach. Defense was a little bit down from what I was expecting last season. I do think that it's going to be ticking up just a little bit this season as Tobias Bass, who does tremendous work over at The Athletic, is joining me right here on Coast Coast Hoops. And I did mention it at the top. You do a tremendous job taking a look at all things Texas Tech basketball. And as we know, it's been a very interesting offseason for them. They hire on Grant McCaslin and McCaslin, he has one out and he's already brought four players in by the transfer portal. Who knows? By the time this drops, it might be a fifth player, but he brings in Ward Washington, the seven-footer from Arizona State. K-Ron Lindsay, who he entered in the transfer portal very early. He entered in, I mean, pretty much in like December, January. Big man yeah. from Georgia. Chance McMillan along Darion Williams. What do you think overall of the haul for Texas second? Do you think that McCaslin is going to be able to maintain that very slow style that he had when he was at North Texas? I think that he'll have to speed it up. I don't think, I believe he played at the slowest pace in college basketball last year. I don't think he'll be able to do that in a league like this because at the end of the day, there's NBA players on basically every team. So you're going to have to probably speed it up a little bit more and score a little bit more points. But I think he knows that he's expected or will change his ways to a certain degree. So I think the biggest thing for him is just to come in there and get the culture right. You know, there was a lot of loose holes in the culture with Lash, and I think his biggest job is to come in here, get all that stuff cleaned up, and come in there and win games. I like some of the pieces that he brought in. He brought in a couple of older players and some players with high upside like Colin Lindsay and Darian Williams. I like what he's done. Drew Staffley, Josh, Jason Jackson, the two freshmen. And he has a couple guys coming back and Pop Isaacs and Bob Jennings, et cetera. So they'll be solid. they got to add a couple more players. I think they have one 
the two more scholarships left. So they got probably a scorer in there, but they can do that. I think they'll be a solid team. I do think so as well. And then just staying out there in the state of Texas as well, I find it interesting what the Longhorns have done as well. They're looking to build off of what they were able to do towards back half of the season last year under Rodney Terry, who I thought did a tremendous job given all the circumstances. But he brings in Max Aismas. That is a big Flashy guy, Caden Shredrick, is able to give them a little bit something down the line. I think Zarek Onema, Alonchendo Weaver, these are going to be just more depth pieces in general. I don't yeah. necessarily expect a ton out of those two guys. But, I mean, with bringing in someone like Max Aces, what do you expect out of the offense this season? Because we know that they had a very ball-dominant guy in Andrew Carr that was able to do a very solid job in year number two. But year number one, granted, it was under Chris Beard while – Terry was a little bit more of an assistant. It was a little bit more herky-jerky with the offense, and I do think that that's the biggest question that faces Texas, how they're going to be able to integrate a ball-dominant guy like Ace into the fold. I think it's interesting because you have Tyree Turner, who I believe declared for the draft. He's still eligible to come back. You also have a guy like Dylan Mitchell, who I personally think should come back. They're in a weird spot because if you lose those two, we're probably having a different conversation because unfortunately they lost all the recruits. AJ Johnson goes pro overseas, Ron Hollandby committed in Ontario. He would have been a sophomore. He also decides to transfer. So they're in an interesting spot. Now, if they can bring Hunter and Dylan Mitchell back, I think that changes the complete dynamic of their teams. Because if Hunter leaves, Weaver probably has to start. And I like Weaver. He has a really good story, kid from Dallas. He has a good story, but he's a guy they probably were expecting to be a role player. He now has to start of Hunter and Mitchell decide to leave. So they're in an interesting spot of the next couple of weeks. And I think that you bring up something so important to take note of as Tobias Bass, who does great work over at The Athletic, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups, is that I feel like there's going to be a second wave of big moves that are going to be happening in college basketball when these NBA draft decisions are known. I think that because we're sitting here in the middle of May, the next two or so weeks, it might be a little bit quieter on the front of the transfer portal in terms of teams making moves, but that deadline, I believe, is right around May 31st. Might be a day earlier, might be a day later, but we're right around May 31st, and I do think that that is going to lead to perhaps a second wave in the transfer portal. Teams that perhaps lose a guy, like we were just mentioning Texas, what we're going to dive into in a minute, just some of the teams that have a lot to gain slash lose, but I do think that when you have teams that they do lose some of these guys via transfer, when they have some of these guys that come back, A lot of these teams, I feel like, are in an awkward holding position as of right now because they just don't know what is going to be happening in the case of Texas with someone like a Therese Hunter. Right, I agree. You look at other teams like Baylor. Baylor's the same way. You could lose Adam Flagler and Jalen Bridges. LJ Cryer already left, so if you lose Bridges and Flagler, you're going to be very, very young and super inexperienced. You have a McDonald's American coming in, Jacoby Walter, who's very good. Myro Little and Yves Messi, who was a 2024, who decided to reclass up. You're looking at a very, very young team. So they're also in another spot to where they're probably going to need to see if those guys come back as well. Yeah, I think that it's so interesting to play this chess game. And I mean, out there in the Big 12, I think that we highlighted the biggest two from that specific conference, Texas with Tyrese Hunter, Dylan Mitchell. That's massive for them. The guys that you just mentioned, Adam Flagler and company for Baylor, that is going to be big. But are there a few other teams that you take a look at and you think, man, they've got some big NBA draft decisions? Because I do take a look at Arthur Kaluma over at Creighton, and he could be going anywhere. He could be leaving Creighton and staying in college basketball. He could go pro. He could head back to Creighton. 
That is something that I think is very interesting. Julian Phillips over at Tennessee, he's someone that I think should be highlighted as well. But when you take a look at some of these big NBA draft decisions, what are the ones that really come to mind that you think might be some of the most impactful, whether it be to the positive or the negative, if they do come back? Well, one, like you said, with Archie Kaluma, because his name is already in the transfer portal. So I foresee if he decides to go back to school, he's going to leave. Creighton, they did a solid job. They brought in a couple pieces. Some of the couple of their guys from last year came back. Evan Stephen Ashworth, who can play. Ozzie Chidada, local, really good player, former five-star recruit. So they brought in players. But you lose a big piece of all the Kaluma. Nimhard decides to leave. Trey Alexander would be another for Creighton that could obviously leave as well. Kel Brenner. They could be, you know, from arguably the best team in the country on paper to maybe – right outside the top 25 or maybe not even unranked. So they're in an interesting spot to see. They're they're a team to monitor over the next couple weeks. Yeah, no doubt about it. I do think that the most interesting guys are the ones that are the guys that entered into the transfer portal, and yet they've got big NBA draft decisions like Phillips, like Arthur Kaluma as well. And as we know, the NBA draft deadline, that is going to be May 31st, but the transfer portal deadline, that already came and went. Do you foresee a situation where there might be a few guys that maybe they put in their name late for the transfer portal actually being allowed to go through with it or not? Because I think that the big question I've got is that because this is year number one to have really a transfer portal deadline date is whether or not the NCAA is going to be keeping with that rule or if there's going to be a little bit of flexibility with it. Yeah, I think there might be some flexibility maybe for like this year and this year only because when you put your name in the portal, the school has two business days to officially put you in there. So it's kind of a slippery slope with that type of thing. But I would imagine it wasn't that many kids that tried to put their name in late. So if it's, you know, 30, 40, 50 kids, you probably should just let them go ahead and go on. But, you know, the NCAA, they're known to do different things. So hopefully they let those kids go ahead and get their name in there. And you know what, with the NCAA, I'm sure that they're going to be handing down their sanctions in 2035 because that is really going to be a way to get at some of those kids and make sure that the law is known. As Tobias Bass, who does great work over at The Athletic, he is joining me right here on Cusco Soups. And Tobias, we've talked a lot about the Big 12, the haul that they've been able to get. I'm also very fascinated by what you think of some of these teams in which they got new coaches and a lot of them had their players fall with them. Like, we know that Kim English over at Providence has done this. No doubt about it. Rick Pitino over at St. John's, he's done this as well. A little bit lower down. Someone like Corey Gibson going from Northwestern State to Austin P. got a lot of the Northwestern State guys to go along with him as well. What do you think of this trend that is going on in college basketball? And do you think that this is going to work out for a lot of these teams? Because we recall last year, it worked out very well for Missouri. For LSU, they just fell apart towards the second half of the season. And I think that we're going to have a lot of interesting case studies because we're noticing this more and more in college basketball. Yeah, I think that it works. I mean, I think it shows that those kids, they trust their coach. You look at, like, Patino, so he's going to bring in, as of now, nine new players. You know, he brought several in from Iona, but he brought in Zuby, Zuby from Kansas. You have Jordan Dingle, who I think led the country in scoring from Penn. He comes over. Glenn Taylor, probably Swift and I type of wing. He also comes over. He's done a very good job. I think they're going to be ready to compete early next year. There's things that matter, you know, like scheme and fit, you know, chemistry. But assuming those things are at least halfway decent, they have a good chance to be good next year. I do think that those are going to be some of the most fascinating teams to gauge for this upcoming season. And I do want to get you out on this. Is there a few schools that you take a look at and you think that they've had very underrated off seasons and they should be getting a little bit more hype because we've talked about some of the biggest of them, no doubt about it. 
Kansas bringing in Hunter Dickinson. I think the Texas Tech has done a solid job. West Virginia list goes on and on. But are there a few classes out there that you think, man, they should be getting talked about a little bit more for what they've done? I think I like what Oklahoma's done. JVM McCollum from Siena, John Hughley from Pitt. Rivaldo Soares from Oregon, two top 100 kids in Caden Cooper and Jacob Cole. You bring back Milos and Otega Awe. So I think they're another team. They're going to be in that war in the Big 12 next year. But they're another team that they've done a good job. And then the last team would be Georgia. I mean, Georgia's done a really, really good job. I mean, Georgia, they haven't been great in basketball for a while. But to see them do what they've done, you know, Noah Thomason from Niagara, 20-point score. Russell Teshua from UCF. Jalen DeLoach from VCU and R.J. Melendez from Illinois. That's solid. And they were also able to poach away some of these other recruits. Silas DeMar, he decommits from USC, goes to Georgia. Blue Kane left Georgia Tech, goes to Georgia. So I'm super impressed with what they've been able to do. And Georgia, they might not just be a football school nation. They might be a basketball school. So I'm excited to see what they do. Yep, and Mike White was able to get the team to 500 last season, which is much right. more than what we were able to say for them right. the past few right. seasons under Tom Crean as they bottomed out at 6-26, and 26, so a 10-win improvement last season, and I do think that they're going to be able to take even bigger leaps. And Tobias here, Amanda, you've been taking leaps every single year because you do an absolutely amazing job here on the college basketball landscape. I know you're doing tremendous work over at The Athletic, taking a look at the transfer portal, looking at the stars of tomorrow, and so much more. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Tobias underscore Bass. I'll probably have a couple of stories coming out about the EYBL because I'll be at the Peace Jam in about a month or so. So I'll be over there covering some of those guys, like you said, looking at some of the future stars for tomorrow. One thing I want fans to pay attention to as well, a lot of kids put their name in the portal that are already transferred at least once. The uh, NCAA, they did put out a memo saying they're not going to be giving out waivers like they were before. So I think that's something to take note of. Some of these kids that did put their name in the portal for us now a second time, some even a third, I don't think they're going to get that waiver. So that's going to be something to monitor going forward because there's going to be a lot of kids that unfortunately they're just not going to be able to play. So I think that's something to monitor going forward, not only for this year, but going forward that I think the NCAA is going to come down hard on them this year. And I think that that is a very good note as well because, I mean, everyone was pretty much eligible, whether they had transferred one time or five times the last few seasons. And there are some guys that they transferred like four to five times. I'm not even exaggerating when I say that, but I do think that that is a very important note from Tobias. And I know that he is doing an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the entire college basketball landscape. And every single time he joins this podcast delivers exactly what he is seeing from this wild and crazy landscape. So a big thanks to him for joining me on Cus Cus Soups, now part of the Visa family podcast. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Cus Cus Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what I have for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. As right now, we're in a little bit of a holding pattern with regards to these NBA draft decisions, but should be getting more clarity on those within the next two weeks. And hopefully by that time, late May, early June, we're able to start up some of these conference previews. But regardless, I'll be with you guys every single day on this podcast, which means I'll be with you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, fellow 20-somethings. It's your girl, Sydney Winter. And guess what? The wait is finally over. Season 4 of Crying in Public is here, and I'm flying solo for the very first time. That's right, no co-host to rein me in, just me, myself, and the mic. From relationships to careers and all the awkward encounters in between, we're covering it all. So mark your calendars and set your reminders because Crying in Public is dropping its juiciest season yet. Listen to the new season of Crying in Public on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.